Well, good morning, how are we? Excellent, good to see you guys this morning. Excited about being here. Love that verse. I've been crucified with Christ. It's not me that lives anymore, but it's him who lives in me. I'm excited about continuing this, uh, this series that we've been in called Welcome to the Wrestle that I have absolutely loved. I'm, I'm, gosh, I just this story of Jacob, if you followed along uh, the last few weeks, is absolutely incredible and pivotal for us as believers to, to understand what that means for you and I. Not that it's just a story that we see in the Old Testament that, you know, that's a cool story, it lays out some really cool, cool points, but it applies to us. And today what we're gonna look at is how that directly applies to us. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump to the New Testament. So in order for us as, as believers, as Christians, in, in the context of, of history, looking back on Jesus and what he did is so important for us to understand how this story of Jacob plays out for you and I. Because it's not just a story that was in the Old Testament that you know, just happened to Jacob. This story happens to us. And it's through the power of what, what Christ did for us on the cross, and we're gonna see how that plays out for us. It, it, is, it is very pivotal, it's so important for you and I to understand that that same interaction that Jacob had with Jesus, God has made a way for each of us to have that same encounter, to have that same transformation through Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the donkey being crucified and then three days being resurrected from the tomb. You got your Bible this morning, and I hope you do. Um, if you don't, we've got um, scripture on the screen for you, so don't worry about that if you don't. But we're gonna be looking at the book of Colossians in, the chapter, uh, in chapter three, and we're gonna be uh, in verse one through 17 today. And I, I love this because it is going to, and I pray today that God gives us an unbelievably clear picture of, of how this is, is for you. It's for all of us. It's not excluding, but he gives us access through the power of the Holy Spirit and what Christ has done. You have access to what we're gonna talk about today. You, you can grasp it, you can understand it. And as, as the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to, to, to comprehend this, it begins to change you and I. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna give away everything even before I start, so I gotta quit, all right? So we're gonna get into the scripture. All right, verse one, here we go. Y'all ready? Everybody ready? Jasper, are you ready? They are. All right, here we go. Let's go. Verse one, if then you have been raised. Everybody say raised. Mm, no. Like, we're gonna say it like, like we've been raised, all right? All right, ready? On three, everybody say raised. One, two, three. Much better, much better. I want you to hold that word in your head today because that's what we're talking about. I want you to keep that just in, in the context of everything we're gonna read today. I want you to hold that word raised in your head. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Everybody say above. above. Where Christ is, comma, very important. Where Christ is. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, comma, seated at the right hand of God. Verse two, set your minds on things that are above. Everybody say above. above. 
not on things that are of this earth. We have to understand what Paul is getting at if if we wanna have this kind of encounter that Jacob had in the Old Testament. And the one pivotal thing that we have to understand about what Paul's talking here and the reason that being raised is so important is because you and I have to understand the resurrection. We have to be able to comprehend what the resurrection was and what the resurrection means for you and I. Because the implication that Paul gives here is he says, if then you have been raised with Christ, that means that at one point you weren't raised. At one point you were dead. Ephesians 2, you were dead in your, trans, in your trespasses and sins. Dead. We have to, we have to get to the point We have to understand that as we sit in our deadness, Christ comes and he finds us. He gets to us. He encounters us. And when when Christ encounters us, when we get to have this interaction with Jesus, then what happens is, is he raises us. He changes us. And we get to understand, we get to experience the same exact power that took Jesus from dying on a cross to the resurrection three days later. He went first. Jesus went first. Before you and I, Jesus went first. And he shows us because he overcame death, you and I can overcome death. We're not bound by it anymore. It's not our prison anymore. Death is not the outcome. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, do you get this? We can be what? Raised. Raised. We were dead. I mean, doornail dead. And, and the thing that I, I know that we've got to understand as believers is that, and sometimes we get caught in this trap that, you know, there was some good in me back there. No, there was not. There was some life in me back there that's cool. No, there was not. You know, I, I did some good things. Back then, there's maybe some things I can hold on to back then. No, there was not. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Your definition of who you were was defined (laughs) by your depravity. And when you and I meet Christ is the only point that we come alive. We get to experience this this interaction that gives us, the Bible talks about a a rebirth into new life. And when we get to encounter this just as Jacob did, it it changes us. Our encounter with Jesus takes us from this, this 
deadness to alive in him. And we begin to have a different sight, a different knowledge the Bible talks about. We get to see things and we get to see life in a whole different way. And that comes only through the power of the Holy Spirit, the counselor that was sent to us to to pull us in, to to draw men into the truth of what Christ has done. Listen to me. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you haven't been drawn by the Holy Spirit, and this is so fundamental for us as believers, if, if there hasn't been a drawing or a changing because of the Holy Spirit, you can't understand the raising. You can't understand the resurrection for you and I in our life. It is by the Holy Spirit that this happens. And our eyes get opened. And we get the opportunity to see that we were dead. We don't live under this false pretense that we had any life in us whatsoever. Then Paul goes on to say in in verse three, look at this. For you have died and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. Verse four, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The second concept of of understanding our own resurrection and how God brings us to life is that your old life right now, your, your life, your, the animated part of who you are can be taken away just like that. Tell me I'm lying. In an instant, life can change for you and I. And if, if we are bound to this, this dead thing, if that's all we got, and we haven't been given life in Christ, then everything can change in the blink of an eye. It can go away. I went to a funeral of a friend this week. His life was taken away just like that. Life changed just in an instant, gone. And if all we're banking on is this, you're betting on the wrong horse. Because I'm telling you, that horse is going to lose. It's not going to it's not even going to get around the track. But look at this truth that Paul tells us. For you, are, you have died, You've, you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. What, what Jesus does through the power of the resurrection is he takes over your very existence and he hides it. He takes it. He holds it in his hands because he Paul tells us before, he is seated at the right hand of God. That's where his his dwelling is. Once he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of God, interceding for you and I. And when we experience the power of the resurrection, what Jesus does is he says, that life is mine. There's no sickness that can take it. There's no accident that can take it. There's no mindset that can decide it's over. There's nothing that can rob that life. It's mine. He says, I take it and I hold it. I hide it. 
so that it can't be destroyed, that it's forever mine and I am holding it, I'm protecting it, it is mine. This raised life, this name is mine. It is present in the glory of God. From the moment the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we surrender our life to Christ and we are resurrected. Boom. Your life is secure in the arms of Jesus. Yeah, come on now. And can I, I just have to point out, this, that this just totally came to me, and I, I got to, this is not the long-haired, wimpy Jesus that you're, you're thinking of either. This is the dude with tattoos on his legs, sitting on a horse with swords and junk all over him, and he's ready to do battle to protect your life. Oh, God. Listen to me. This is your Jacob experience. This is how it comes about, comes about. God wants to wrestle with you. He wants to have an encounter with you. He wants to change you. He wants to raise you. He wants to hold your life and your existence in his hands, not your hands. Not because of your good deeds or things that you do. Man, those things fall apart so easily. They're so frail. But the hands of Jesus are strong. They're strong enough to wrestle all night long without exhaustion. They're strong enough to wrestle down your strongest demons The hands of Jesus are strong. You can trust them. When we encounter Jesus, we have to understand, and even from this perspective, that once we are resurrected, once we are resurrected, once we are raised, this place that we're in should quickly begin to change in value and stature. Because again, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we realize that this is not our home. And I, I know I've heard a thousand preachers say this. Our home is up there, not here. Listen to me. There will be a day that you stand before an almighty creator and you're gonna realize, you're gonna look back and you're gonna see what the mess was I worried about down there? That place was a shack. It was a dumpster fire. In the presence of God almighty, you're gonna realize you are home. That's where you were meant to be all along is in the presence of your heavenly father. That was where you're supposed to be, not here. Not worried about all that you're worried about here. 
And that's what, that's what he's talking about in this first part is seek the things that are above. And we're gonna get to that in a second, what that looks like, but seek the things that are above. This is not your home. This is not where you're supposed to be. All you got, all you got here is some, a tent that gives you some shelter, kinda, sometimes. May keep you warm a little bit, kinda, sometimes. This is not your home. This is not where you live. Because of these truths that we have to understand, we have, we have to get to a place as, as believers that we, we let go of, of dead things. We let go of the death that we were and we live in the life that we are in Christ. Because life does not associate with death. It doesn't. Your new life should have a hard cutoff from your old death. It should, it should be different. It should change. Look at verse five. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And, and I I, I love it how clear and almost harsh Paul is when he's talking about this. He's not saying, oh, you, you need to just, you, you need to make sure that that old life is, is wounded so it doesn't, it doesn't operate as good as it did before. Or, or you need to make sure that it's, it's bound by something. That's not what he's saying. He's saying kill it, make it dead, get rid of it, go away. We have no part of it anymore. Those who have been raised, who are alive, should not associate with the dead anymore. I mean, just think about how weird that is. If we just, you know, decide to go head, hang out with dead things. I mean, that's, it's just gross, right? But I love, I mean, you think about that and it's like, ugh, dad, Chad, that's ugh, gross. I just had breakfast, right? Ugh. But that's the kind of picture you and I need to have in our mind of, of what our position should be and how we live this raised life out and stop sneaking back in to the dead life every now and then. Verse five, put to death therefore what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetedness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. <laughs> the wrath of God is coming. And jumping back, if, if our life is safe with Christ, if it is being held with Christ, we don't have to worry about that wrath. But evil has to be judged. If God is just, evil has to be judged and it has to be dealt with. But if you and I are alive in Christ, if we've been transformed, if we've been raised, we don't have to worry about it. It's held hidden. 
Paul says it's hidden with Christ in the glory of God. We don't, we don't have to worry about that. It's secure. Verse seven, in these you too once walked when you were living in them. Verse eight, but now you must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Any of those things hit with you? Anybody? I mean, we're all in this together, all right? All of these things should. (laughs) Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self, dead self, with its practices and have put on the new self, the alive self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of the creator. Gosh, listen to this. The image of the creator. It's being renewed. After the image of the creator or the imago Dei, the image of God in you being brought out. Dead things don't do dead things. Alive things do alive things. I got to, sorry, I must, dead things do dead things. Alive things do alive things. Sorry. But sometimes we, we begin to, we go back and we put on this mask and we say, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to go back to my dead things for just a little bit. Because, you know, I'm, I'm more, maybe I'm a little bit more comfortable with those, those dead things, Right? You know, I I deserve to get angry about some stuff. I deserve to get mad and I deserve for people to understand how angry I am about things. And I deserve to take it out on somebody so they feel my pain. No, those are dead things. I need to get ahead so I, I need to make sure that that person gets squashed down, that they look bad. So I can, I can further my career, or I can further my status, or I, I can look better. No, 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 that's dead things. That's what dead things do. We should look different. And as practical as I can get, <laughs> I know this is gonna be a shocker, but alive things look different than dead things. Drive around in Cherokee County. You'll see the things on the road that are dead look different than when they were alive. This is, this is not a hard concept to understand, but man, it is such a hard concept for us to, to live out every single day. Because our nature, how we were born into this world is dead things. But Christ has made us alive and he's continually perfecting us, but our life should look different. We should talk different. Our speech should be different. 
the words that come out of our mouth should be different than those that we know are without Christ. They should be different. How we do business should be different. How we work should be different from those around us. How our marriages look, how our marriages act should be different. Can I tell you, man, we are stuck in this unbelievable cycle that we are living out dead marriages, dead. I'm talking about dead. People are just awful to each other. After counseling with hundreds of marriages, believers that should be alive are acting like their marriages are dead. Again, they're sneaking back in over here instead of living out this life that God has given us and and allowing that to play out in our marriage. Your marriage should be different. And listen, if you're living out a dead marriage, if your marriage is dead, find a, a couple that you look at and say, man, I, I know they're not perfect. I get it. They're not going to be. But man, they are living out a marriage that's alive. And go to them and say, listen, we want you to help us. Come and meet with a pastor. Come and talk. Get a counselor. Listen to me. Take the opportunities that, that God has given around you to change what God has done in you from dead to alive. Let that play out in your marriage. Because your marriage is a picture of what Christ is to the church. All right, I'm gonna move on from that one. We should treat strangers different. We should spend our money different. We should spend our money different. I don't know if y'all heard me or not. We should spend our money different. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also, right? We should spend the things, the resources that we've been been given in a different way, not to feed the old self, not to put on this status and and step back into the old life and be like, I need to dress this old life back up, make it look real good so I can can stick all these pictures on Instagram. That's going to be the best. I'm going to buy the car, I'm going to buy the house, I'm going to buy the clothes, I'm going to make sure that I, I take all the matching pictures in all the right places at all the right times, right? I'm going to try to dress up this old life. I'm going to spend, spend, spend my way into life. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. Again, that's looking at things on earth, not things above. You're you're putting your, your value, you're putting your stock on things in this earth that, that are going to go away instead of looking above. Because can I tell you, it's not, you're not going to bring any of that junk with you. None of that stuff is going to go with you to where your life is hidden, to your home. There ain't no storage units in heaven. I don't know if you knew that or not. U-Haul ain't there. You know what is? Those people in Africa that got baptized, they're there. 
or will be. The people around you that God gives you opportunities to encounter and to love on, that's what you'll take with you. When you stand in the presence of Jesus and he points out that one, 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 that one. That's who you impacted. That's who you brought with you. You hear me this morning? Anybody hear me this morning? All right. Just make sure you're still with me. Last thing. Part of this. Your social media should look different. And I know I'm harping on this specifically. It can be a very powerful thing for us to be able to have this ability to to communicate with each other about what's going on in our life. But if you take that opportunity and all you spew is venom left and right, you are not acting alive. You're putting stock in things that are just here and you gotta stop it. Stop. If you wanna take your social media platform and you, you, wanna, you wanna preach Jesus and tell them about how much their heavenly father loves them and cares for them and wants a relationship with them, wants to have a Jacob type encounter with them, man, you post a million times a day. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna take that opportunity that you have to, to communicate with those that are around you, friends and family and those who follow you to just spew venom and discord and division, stop it. Because you're breeding death. You ain't breeding life. You are breeding death. And God has called you out of that. Christian, God has raised you. God has raised you to something higher, not things on this earth, but things that are above this earth, that are things that are valuable. And I know I probably just ticked some folks off, but listen to me. <laughs> I am bringing you straight what God tells you. Stop looking on things of the earth. Look at things above. We got to remember that it's not about what we display in this life. It's about who we portray. And God has given us the ability to portray the Imago Dei, the image of our creator. He has placed that on you and I that we get, to, we get to encounter people. We get to look at them face to face with the message of God, the message of the one that created them, that sustains them, sustains us. That's what we get to walk with in life. Verse 11, and I gotta hurry. That first verse, Paul talked about the things that are above. Here it is. Listen to this. Verse 11. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free, 
but Christ is all and in all. There is no division. We're all in this together. God unites. He pulls us together. Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy, beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if, ha- if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. This, this is our, these are the things above. Holy, beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. When Jacob held on to Jesus when he was wrestling with him, when he held on to him and said, bless me, the blessing wasn't, I'm gonna give you all the material possessions you want. I'm gonna give you all the kids you want. I'm gonna give you all the land you want. This is what he gave him. He changed his nature. He changed who he was from the inside out. He blessed him with life and not death. Verse 15, listen to this. God, so good. And let, everybody say let. And y'all are getting better at this. I'm really proud of you. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. Let, not do, let. Holy Spirit does this, it's his job. Let, just let him do it. Let him give you peace, the peace of Christ. Just let him do it. He wants to. Let him rule in your heart. Verse 16, let, everybody say let. Let. The word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Let him do these things in you. Give him a chance to do these things in you. Ask him to do these things in you, just like Jacob, holding on to God saying, I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm not giving up until you bless me. And what was Jesus' answer to Jacob? Yes. What is Jesus' answer to you? Yes, 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 a thousand times yes. I want to, I will. It's not a matter of if, if God can make it happen. He proved that already. He walked out of the tomb. He proved it already. He can do it. <laughs> the problem is the letting from us. That's the problem, the surrender from us. That's it. It ain't Jesus. Jesus is, I mean, he's, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. Boom, boom, boom. Listen, let him in, pull that door open. 
Surrender to him. Last verse. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Christian, look up. Stop looking down. Stop looking down. Oh, and I mean almost in a, in a physical way. If I can, if I have my phone, I don't have my phone, but I, you know, my phone. This is my phone right here, okay? I'm looking down all the time, right? Stop looking down. Stop looking down on the, on the things that catch your eye all the time here. Look up. Christian, just look up. Please look up. It's so beautiful when you look up. Get it in your mind that when I look up, I get to see glorious mountains and I get to see the beautiful sky and I get to see the creation of God and who he is in his fullness if I would just look up. But every time I look down, oh, look what they're doing. Look, I, don't, I don't have that. I don't have this. I don't have that. Oh, it's terrible. Look up. Let God show you something different. And force yourself. Get in a position to say, God, thank you. No matter what you're going through right now, thank God for what he has done in you. If he's brought you from dead to life, he's raised you. Tell him thank you. And allow God to be your peace your sustainer, your friend, your father. Pray with me. God, I pray today that for those in this room that have been raised, I pray that they were reminded of it. That they were reminded that their life is found in you and to look up. Stop sneaking back into the, the old life and picking up those old dead things. But God, that they would find themselves in you. For those in the room today that they would say, I, I've, I've never been alive. I've never had that opportunity. I've, I've never had the encounter like Jacob did to wrestle with God and wrestle down the things that are dead in me. Never had that opportunity, but I want to. I wanna surrender my life to Christ. I wanna be resurrected with him from the tomb. I don't wanna live with dead things anymore. I want a new home. I want to be alive. That's you in here today. Would you pray with me? God, I surrender to you today. I know that I'm dead, God, but would you make me alive?
that's you today, would you do something simple? If you prayed that with me, would, would you just do something simple? We wanna give you a gift. Would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. We're gonna give you a Bible, help you on your next steps for those that are in the room. that have at some point surrendered their life to Christ. Live the life that God has given you. Let him give you the peace that only he can give. And look up. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.